Chapter 19. No, 18. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, 19's next. This is chapter 18. We call them chapters, but really they're Is this logs. chapter 18? Yeah. Should we double check? Okay. This is an old copy, so it might be wrong. I just don't think of the book in terms of logs. I think of it in terms of money and time wasted. This was a chapter where this is, this is based on a nightmare I had, which isn't even really a nightmare. It was just a, a dark moment of a, well, a, there's just a, the particular moment is based on that's, that. that's in, uh, when we were divvying out the chapters, once we started jumping to that point of you write, I write, you write, I write. And we're just jumping in chapters. It was like, here, Aaron, here's my dream. Mm-hmm. Make it good, please. I mean, I remember looking at that original kind of, that uh, that outline you put together and it was just kind of a stream of conscious thing that you know you'd gone through and barely uh, yeah yeah and um you know kind of picking out the things that you know i thought we could use and and burning the other things but the uh the one thing that always stuck out uh to me just from it was very visceral it was very it made me feel icky and yeah you know, I, I I don't know, just uncomfortable in my own skin was the 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 spitting in the mouth. And yeah, it, I mean, like in the dream, I remember feeling disturbed and feeling feeling bad. I, I nothing in this chapter was me going like, wouldn't it be cool if it was something in the universe or whatever, however you want to. My brain created this scene. I don't know what it was related to, but it like it stuck with me like a bad memory. And it was like, this felt like a weird way to exercise it. Just like, just get it out there so it doesn't haunt me anymore. Nothing motivated it. You don't remember like a particular, something was going on and you, you, that led to a dream of melting faces. I mean, and it, could have, it could have been a, any number of just <laughs> daily stressors and yeah. lack of sleep, but. Just the normal terrors that <laughs> haunt me. <laughs> yeah. I just, I remember waking up to that. And then I remember just sitting in bed and like holding on to that and just being like, what the hell was that? And just, I, I just have a, like a dream journal essentially, but it is, you know, those, those dreams you have and you're just frantically trying to write everything down, but it, it the, as you're writing it, it's just, you're losing yeah, it's it more fading. More. Yeah. The, you're chasing it. The thing that always stuck with me was it was, um, it was like a mother carrying her daughter through a crowd. And then, um, the mob was like trying to pull them apart. And then, um, something happened where like the girl got spat on. It was like an acid. Like, I don't know. I didn't even, I really even understand the like physics of it where it's like, she spit something in her mouth and it was like an acid thing that like melted her from the inside. Mm-hmm. It was just so fucking dark that it just stuck with me. And it's in a Google note somewhere. The, uh, the feeling of what you described to me, uh, made me remember a dream I had when I was like four or five years old that I still remember, yeah. which was, walking down this almost like a New York street at night, it's kind of rainy and looking into a big window of like a department store. And there's these four mannequins there that are just kind of, you know, as mannequins are. And I get closer to the window to look at it. And one of their hands bursts through (laughs) and grabs me and lifts me up and just holds me there choking me. And it was because it's a mannequin, it's this slick face, uh, 
emotion rather yeah, yeah. A, a emotionless plastic thing right. and i remember that like sick strange obviously if 30 years later you know but yeah. i uh, harnessing that kind of uh that unsettled like lingering death kind of feeling i was like man that i know what this is i know what this moment is yeah and i never went in this in into this project or any intention of like, we're going to kill a kid. That's what we need to do. Oh, I did, but yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't, it's kind of tough too, because it was a character that was introduced towards the end of the book, mm-hmm. but sometimes that's how those, I guess, that's sort of the idea how it goes is like, Noel met someone he doesn't really like. Then he learns actually like, Oh, I actually have a friendship with this person. You know, he ends up becoming more friendly with her that, you know, he set it up in his mind that he wanted to be friends with this celebrity, but instead he's like, oh, actually the real person is the, the kid who he has more in common with. And then that just gets taken away immediately because that's kind of how wars and riots are. And it's just like, we're just life just or lack thereof. Time is not guaranteed. Going back to a character that you, you know, we just meet and then lose, you know, pretty quickly in the scheme of things. That was a big consideration in developing that character because you had not that that character was ever not going to be like likable or endearing or anything, but you had to really you have to really make sure that you get someone to latch on to this person as you would with someone that you 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 like you know immediately like people become fast friends people you know whatever and um, but as a as a reading experience making sure that. Etta is this person you don't want to lose and you assume that you'll have and and grow and learn, you know, from in the rest of the book, maybe like a Carrie or something like that. Like yeah. Carrie starts off as a pain in the ass and then as Carrie does. ages, <laughs> yeah. um, gets, you know, is always has a, a quick liner or whatever. And as, you know, it, it grows on you and it was a task to make sure Etta was uh, that you cared when this ended up happening, you know, because otherwise it would have been okay. Well, she's gone now. Yeah. She was here and now she's gone. Also, we find out name dies. Everyone dies. This yeah. Is, yeah. Raphael, Calabrese name and Etta all die. Mm-hmm. We should it's start a, it's a bummer chapter. <laughs> we should end the previous log podcast with just that sentence. <laughs> then they all die. Yeah. Yeah, spoiler, they all die. It's, hey, my new friends, this new this new band, this Mary, we're going to go on all these adventures. They're all gone. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But that's how it is. That's, this is uh, how it goes, yeah. Um, cherish the time you have because, like I said before, one day the phone won't ring. Um, this chapter was was interesting because a lot of times in in just comedies in general, once you get into that, uh, towards the climax or, or the second half of the, uh, kind of second act, you know, you, you lose some of the, even if it's dark comedy, you lose some of that, uh, the funny, the, you know, the, the things that kind of make you smile and the, it was conscious, like even in this crazy, uh, chaos of this, like, mob destruction and like gorillas running around, uh, you know, gorilla fighter type running around Mm. to make sure that at least it still had that kind of black humor throughout. 
trying to think of specific examples. I know I put them in. It, it's it's earlier in the part of um, Noel trying to help Raphael. He's, he wraps him up like wraps a mummy. Him in a mummy yeah, and just it's it's just the random chaos of what the hell is going on and who's who, what's what. No one knows what who's fighting anything, and the supposed bad guys are nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck? <laughs> so it, it is scary in that sense but then there's those moments of levity of <laughs> Raphael just being you know getting at his name her age wrong right so just to remind you what a crappy father he is but then also Noel being the hero getting them to reunite and then having he has to watch it from afar right <laughs> yeah like there's there's those moments those like kind of sad dark moments but um they're not there to take away from you know the the moments that are supposed to kind of have like more of an impact. Well, I hope they have an impact. I don't know if someone reads that and goes, yeah, they deserved it. I saw this coming. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this was coming. Chapter 14, log 14. Mm-hmm. We hadn't even met some of these people. And I knew this was going to happen. Twit called it. Yeah. Yeah. Called it. We never went into this thing going like, it's going to be such a good twist. Like <laughs> I don't like twists anymore because you're just waiting for them. And to bring it back to scanners, uh-huh. At the end of the movie, and he goes, "You're my brother," and I'm like, "How does this affect the story?" All right, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I was actually like Roger Ebert had that in some like uh, review where he said, "What like, the fuck?" He's like, "You have to earn that." You've been reading. Ro- he's dead. Mm-hmm. Scanners is a 35, 40 year old movie now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What What is going on with you? What I do in my Evening and early morning times is my business. We're supposed to be working. <laughs> and you're like, I, I've got I got to do some work. Meanwhile, you're on RogerEbert.com. I don't remember which version of the book we're on right now, but I can tell you in Roger Ebert's uh, Chicago Sun monthly newsletter what he said about scanners. Welcome to my brain. Yeah. It's broken. It's bad. You know when you shake an electronic and you hear something shaking inside of it, but it's still working. Well, it sounds like when you shake an infant is what happened to you. <laughs> yeah. Like you have a boom box and there's yeah. something loose in there, but you're like, well, the songs play, the brain does what the brain does. How long have we been rec- 13 and a half hours. There are some things that are a labor of love. And then there's this. <laughs> I think I know the cover quote. <laughs> uh, we don't have one yet. I don't think we're ever going to have one. Now we, we talked about, uh, there's a guy, where does he live? In uh, Cleveland or something. Oh. Or- Stephen P. King. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to get a quote on the cover. And I was talking to someone. They're like, any name you want is on Facebook. Yeah. So if you want Stephen with a V, P. King, he exists. And you can probably message him and say, I'll pay you $5 for a quote. Or we could get John... Grish home. Right. Yeah. Any uh Daniel Brown or something, or Dan, like Dan Braun. And you're like, oh, he wrote the uh, Da Vinci sequence. Let's <laughs> Angels and Demonics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we did have that I I think we can still do it on the website, and I think we should. Yeah. And if someone does somehow send us find some way of communicating with us and, <laughs> cease and desist. Well, yeah. But if along with the cease and desist, they can say something nice. We can put some quotes oh, up on, yeah, the, yeah, on yeah. the webpage. Yeah. That way it's not burned into the amazing uh, art that Caleb made for us. Right. Yeah. As 
I'm, I'm probably a graphic artist first, writer second. That's generous of you. <laughs> graphic artist first, old movie review reader second. Yeah, It's in the top 10. Right, okay. Writing makes it in there because I have to do it still. Yes. Until that. Until you can get paid for reading a dead man's reviews from 40 years ago. It's just a quote. It wasn't the whole thing. Okay. I mean, I skimmed it, but it's there. You just... You, you want to know, Roger Ebert was usually nine times out of ten. Well, I appreciate that he was also a scriptwriter too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like true movie buff as opposed to most movie critics now have never fucking written a goddamn thing in their life. And they're well, no. like, what is a review other than an elevated opinion? Wait, I interrupt. Okay. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, you're not amazing. a writer. I, Go on. We're. We're trying to find excuses not to talk about a young girl dying, even though right. we may have said everything we need to say. We just what woke, happened, we both happened, woke up from naps just recently. <laughs> there are some days, this is actually reminding me of uh, past lives where you, if you miss one day of sleep and you go into something, it goes like, yeah, we don't care. Power through. Do it. Because you're gonna let everyone down. Oh, past yeah. life. I thought you were talking about a show at first, but no, you're talking about our HBO, uh, yeah, our past real life. life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I remember. Um, so push, I'm used, push, push, yeah. push. It is, it is a reminder of that, but then also like I could do this. This is fine. This is have. this is easy. Yeah. As opposed to joke, 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 joke. My, 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 this yeah. is the this joke. This is joke free. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare joke. for a jokeless experience. Joke light. You know, I I imagine there's some angry person scanning a QR code in a book they found in the trash. <laughs> and they're like, why did it say a little girl died? I don't understand. And they get this and they're like, why are they talking about scanners still? I like to imagine that it's, it's 40 years from now and someone finds this book. QR codes aren't even a thing. Right, and they have to figure out a way because they're like, I have to figure, I have to scan this thing somehow. They go through the, the whole like loop-de-loop of looking up legacy software, finding an old phone, doing all this shit. There's an old man in the forest they have to go talk to. Yeah, they have but to, he dies before he can explain exactly right. what a QR code is. You have to scan. And then yeah. he dies. What, what was he going to say? And then he has to take that recording because everything's being recorded to an algorithm that like recreates it like a CSI crime scene. God, this is good. We should wrote this. So, and then the person finally gets the, the apparatus that they've, it, you know, it's, it's like transferring the VHS to the mini DV to the DVD to the, anyway, they have this whole process. They finally get on their phone to hear us talking about this horse shit mm-hmm. for, you know, 10 hours or whatever it is. Something that's buried in the Wayback Machine. And they're so fucking disappointed. And they can't tell anyone that they wasted all this time to do it. So they perpetuate the lie of going, like, yeah, it totally worth You have to listen to this thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you can find a way to do this, I highly recommend scanning this QR cord, you know, <laughs> whatever they call it, <laughs> however they mispronounce it, this, this QR code. And listen to these two guys talk about this book. It's talk like about a time them. capsule. They're 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 literally talking about themselves for fourteen hours. Yeah. It's the saddest thing. It's the saddest thing. Not only are they talking about themselves, they're talking about C list celebrities they met, uh, movies from forty years ago, uh, dead critics, movies from thirty years ago, their own insecurities and the things that haunt them, and somehow calling all of this therapeutic while uh, just patting themselves so hard on the back that you can start to see their back problems. And making it to where people feel like they need to go to therapy just because of the horseshit they listen to for this long. 
Anyway, yeah, so Caleb did some great cover art. It was so good. For yeah. The book. I, I had originally done some stuff that I like kind of kit bashed together in Photoshop. I could make 2D things. I can make flat things. I'm learning how to do things in 3D, but uh, you had found Caleb on Reddit. You saw some of his work. Actually saw his work pop up in another video. Did you? Yeah. It was a uh, one of the Corridor Digital guys, I think did a like a montage he basically did like a art challenge where it was just a real simple person walking from left to right mm-hmm. flat oh i saw that i saw that caleb's is in there yeah yeah, yeah yeah shows up at like the 23 minute mark of a two and a half hour video right. of things walking, walking by. side yeah yeah but i went hey i, I think caleb. i just saw the clip of his uh posted um it's on his website yeah 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 and it was uh he does pretty stuff you know? it's great and yeah we were we were working on it It was kind of mimicking what i had done before it was a little flat but we came up with that shot of i was like because it was 3d i was like oh can you just try something from overhead i'm just curious what it looks like we always had this idea of a robot looking at a bottle yeah um i think originally it was like a robot hand and a bag of chips yeah we were trying to incorporate some sort of snack food element yeah into the thing it's not necessarily that he's like a drunk robot it's just that like looking into an empty bottle and even if it was full he couldn't do anything with it exactly but he captured that feeling of isolation of being right in the middle of the book big long shadow sort of like being vignetted by like the corpses around you and i was like oh that's that's the rmz you did it it was really pink before and we were just like we'll fix the color later which that's where i come in with sliders yeah. yeah well it looked like it was on mars before basically everyone we showed to was that's cool so it's like the martian I'm like well gotta change Fuck that you. <laughs> mom yeah <laughs> and other loved ones who i showed this to yeah no we, we should we should put a, a link to caleb's store it's gonna yeah be there send him some love he needs to send us the love yeah whatever <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to go on a tangent about i at some point i did want to talk about the cover just because it was yeah well it was started with the fucking quote and what i was going to say is the negative things that people say we should also post on the site like, absolutely this was a fucking waste of money yeah. i can't believe i read this book i found typos before they did yeah uh yeah that's the kind of stuff that i think there should be a a, a fair mix mm-hmm. you know it's oh i'm trying to think what they're gonna say it's like you know the skyrim with guns thing so they'd be like it's like chappy with dead kids yeah <laughs> which i'll take like i get i don't know if that's a burn yeah i'm not really sure actually on that note i guess i can tell this story a little bit uh, well not really so part of the reason or i think why the idea the overall idea of rook was in my head of like robots fighting in a war zone all that stuff I have a problem with trying to fix things uh-huh. that I have no business trying to fix. And someone had asked me, like, why do you think Neil Blomkamp has a hard time capturing the magic of District 9? I was like, he just needs a really good story. And then I was like, yeah, why don't I write a good story? And then I tried to, and I can't write for shit. Like, turns out what he does takes a lot of talent. Uh-huh. And even to get what he gets that people feel strongly one way or the other or whatever is like, that's a... The fact that he even made it to that that far is like, well, he's good. He doesn't need anyone like me. But I've already roped Aaron into this project, so we should probably finish it. I like it. The uh, the moral of the story: write write is hard. Write very hard. Can't can't make good write. Did it sound good when the the, the tongue? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, look, the printing press was made, what, 2,000 years ago? <laughs> no. <laughs> what year was scanners made? Not, let's stick to that. 1981. Yeah, exactly. The Guten, they were printing the Gutenberg Bible before Jesus was killed. <laughs> I know better. I know that so many modern inventions were only made a short time ago. In the scheme of things, in yeah. the grand, I mean, in the fact that humanity itself is like modern civilization is supposed to be what only 30,000 years or something like that like when we first built a hut oh uh, yeah humans modern humans are like 200,000 years old a yeah. as kind of us looking people yeah. 200,000 years and then yeah you're talking about agriculture started coming in 10,000 years ago i'm just saying the next time people go on spaceship earth that orb you go inside of epcot Oh my God. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're yeah. going to see the printing press and then you and I holding copies of Rook. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll go, look how far we've come. We went from books that could only be written by smart people and then these guys. <laughs> I love, like, we actually, as a marketing tool, we put Rook books. We should go to Epcot <laughs> and put, but in each one of the little things, like, like the Galileo's holding the a, cavemen when they're bashing the thing, they're using a rook book when slavery ends and the Civil War ends. The black guy is holding up the rook when uh, Neil Armstrong's landing on the moon. Mm -hmm. The people are just looking at a glued on rook on the TV screen. Considering how hard it is to dump the ashes of your loved one on Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know how easy we'd be able to see. Oh, you're saying we pay to do this? No, I'm saying oh. we. Okay, yes, on Pirates of the Caribbean, it's hard to do that shit. Epcot, they do not. It, in terms of like putting security somewhere, Epcot <laughs> is the last place they put security. Like they want to make sure that no one's fucking the animals at Animal Kingdom. No one's messing with Mickey Mouse. That's where two water all parks. the security is over there. Right. We could get on that ride and we could go hog wild as long as every time a new cart went by, we were just like. You know, yeah, yeah. looking up at the things and I making just, exaggerated movements. And... I just like the two rubberized versions of us where we have that fake skin on us. There's like holding books like we're trying to convince someone to read it. Like, come on. And it's a child going like, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he's got a Fortnite shirt on. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The human history and downfall of the written word. And then when they when the carts turn around at the end of the ride, just a net releases books <laughs> and floods the cart. It's going to be hard with no one on the ride. Yeah. It's just empty carts full of books. It's just no one gets on. There's some teenagers making out on it, but that's about it. Yeah. Some so. some guys getting handsy with a, a girl and, and she's just like trying to push him away with a rook book. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. How that's to probably a good place to end. I think so. It's a, I think it, it's indicative of how sad this chapter makes me that we did everything we could to not talk about right. it. So um, with that, we bid you farewell forever. No, wait, we got more. What? There's more of a book left. Oh, yeah. I thought it yeah. just ends here. No, no, no. Okay. That was what we wanted to do. And go, gotcha. Never been done before. I think originally it did kind of end. Uh, well, there... Originally, this book ended so differently, the original draft. Yeah, in theory, it's better. Yeah. It ended with us going to Epcot and giving out a bunch of free copies yeah. of the book. We, uh, yeah, we pulled a Stephen King, Stephen P. King, where we wrote ourselves into the novel towards the end. We didn't mm. even wait for the seventh book. We just said, we're doing it now. It's hard for, I bet it's hard to visualize like Stephen P. King, because every time you sound it, it sounds like, like he's 
Chinese or something. Like it's <laughs> Stephen P. King, King. Yeah. to make it not Stephen King and us to get sued into oblivion. But who cares? What's a name? Yeah. And what- but it's not P-E-K-I-N-G. No. It's not delicious. It's, you know... I said I was going to eat a salad tonight. Now I want Chinese food. Yeah, let's get an orange glaze. 